Hi, good evening. Um, as the rabbi said, my name is Sarah Cohen, and I have the honor of introducing our speaker this evening because I am the vice chair of Emmanuel's Israel Action Committee. Our committee's primary goal is to foster a closer connection between our Emmanuel community and the state of Israel. This mission takes many different forms, including welcoming visitors such as Gilad Kariv, as well as other types of programming and education. If you have any ideas about how to bring Israel into our synagogue, please reach out to me, our committee's chair, David Blumberg, who is sitting right here, um, or our committee's chair emeritus, Jordan Heimowitz. I'm not sure if Jordan's here this evening. Um, please take a look at Emmanuel's website, as of, including these sorts of documents, um, to uh, learn about um, all sorts of programming that we have going on. And in the near future, as part of our SPARK programming, um, we have a speaker talking about um, Israeli culture through movies and television, as well as a doctor from Ben Gurion University who will be here speaking about global medicine. As for bringing into Israel into our evening, into our community this evening, we have a wonderful emissary in Rabbi Gilad Karif. He is the president and CEO of the Israel Movement for Reform and Progressive Judaism, which is the umbrella organization for all of the reform communities and institutions in the state of Israel. Before he got there and here, he served as an officer in the IDF Intelligence Corps. He earned a law degree from Hebrew University, had an internship with the Israeli Supreme Court, earned a master's in Jewish studies from Hebrew Union College in Jerusalem, then earned a second master's in constitutional law from Northwestern University. So what do you do with an expensive, extensive law background, a master's in Jewish studies? You become a rabbi, of course, and you lead the fight for pluralism and equality for all streams of Judaism in Israel. On that path, you serve as director of the Israel Religious Action Center, the leading civil and human rights organization addressing issues of religion and state in Israel. You may not have heard of this organization before, but you are familiar with the work they do. Anat Hoffman, um, often known for Woman of the Wall, is actually the current director of the IRAC. You also affect change by taking part in the Knesset's Judiciary Committee discussions over the proposed writing of an Israeli constitution. And then you visit congregations such as Emmanuel in order to educate us about the reform movement in the state of Israel. Please join me in welcoming Rabbi Gilad Karif. Shabbat Shalom. I will also stand in the middle, so you will not think that intentionally I chose between right and left. <laughs> Rabbi Zeh, thank you for a wonderful uh, uh, Shabbat service and for your um, personal friendship and devotion to uh, our movement together with Rabbi Beth, and I want to thank the entire uh, leadership of this wonderful uh, congregation. Sarah, thank you for your kind uh, introduction. I always say that uh, I wish my mother was here to hear it, because going back to your remarks, you can imagine my uh, mother's response when I came to her and said, instead of being a lawyer, I think I'm going to become a reform rabbi in Israel. It wasn't the happiest moment between me and my parents. It was 18 years ago, and back then, being a reform rabbi in Israel was not the most promising career 
that a nice Jewish boy can uh, ask for uh, himself. And part of the story I'm sharing with you today is that this is a changing situation. And uh, only a few months ago, we celebrated the ordination of the 100th ordinee of the Israeli rabbinical program in the Hebrew Union College campus in Jerusalem. And every year we are blessed by uh, young Israelis, women and men, that take the profound Jewish choice of not becoming lawyers, but rather reform and progressive rabbis in Israel. Dear friends, uh, our uh, week, uh, weekly parasha is parashat truma. The Hebrew word stands uh, for uh, proposing a contribution or act of generosity. And in this uh, Torah portion, Moshe receives the divine orders to build the tabernacle, to create a central place of worship at the heart of the Israeli camp. The tabernacle, this uh, temporary temple that was carried by the people of Israel when they took the journey from Egypt into the promised land. And in our parasha, we read a very long list of details how to build this temporary temple, how to prepare the clothes of the high priest, how to create the different tools that were used in this holy place. The list continues in the following parasha, Parashat Tetzaveh. And in a few weeks from now, towards the end of the reading of the book of Exodus, we will spend two Shabbatot in reading from the Torah the way the people of Israel and Moses indeed implemented all this uh, long list of detail, this long list of details of how to build the tabernacle. But in a very interesting way, between the two Torah portions that present the order and the two Torah portions that tell us how it was implemented, we find another Torah portion, Kitisa, that tells us the story of the golden calf, the broken tablets, and the new set of tablets that Moses received from God. And in this parasha, that stand in the middle of the big story of building the tabernacle, we find a very strange order presented by God to Moses to take a small, modest tent, to set it outside of the camp, and to name it as the tent of meeting, and to invite those people that are in a search for a spiritual encounter with God to enter this modest and small tent. Our commentaries suggest that the Torah, our Torah divided the story of building this magnificent temporary temple into two parts and presented the story of the second tent of meeting, this small modest tent, in order to remind us that in order to have in the end 
a glorified place of worship in the center of our camp, we must start with a small and modest tent. And that usually we start on the sideline of our camp and with a very intensive journey, we find our way into the heart of our community. And tonight I would like to suggest that this is exactly the story of the movement for reform Judaism in Israel. Our movement presented its first Israeli roots 80 years ago. It's not a young movement. The most veteran reform congregation in Israel just celebrated its 60th anniversary. But we all know that for many, many years, our movement was a small tent of meeting for a small group of Israelis, many of them newcomers from Europe and North America, and that for many years our movement was on the sideline of the Israeli society. This is not anymore the Israeli reality of Reform Judaism. In recent years, with this narrative of our parasha, we find the way more and more to take this small tent of meeting of Reform Judaism and transform it, transform it to be a central tabernacle for the Israeli society. More and more Israelis identify us as the best guardian of the Jewish and democratic, democratic and Jewish character of the state of Israel. Our weekly parasha is not only talking about the need to build the tabernacle, but as I said, tell us also what you need in order to do the work. Our parasha talks about the need to have a vision, about the need to have devoted leadership, and about the need to cultivate a joint communal effort in order to achieve the goal. What is our vision? As I said, our vision is to protect the Jewish and democratic character of the state of Israel. To remind Israelis that they can find meaning in strong, vibrant, serious and intensive Jewish identity and that this Jewish identity not only should not contradict the democratic values of the state of Israel, it depends on our ability to have a vibrant Jewish state that identifies the need to treat all its citizens with equality and a welcoming approach. The vision is there. Also the leadership. I already shared with you the fact that a growing number of young Israelis identify the important task of becoming Jewish leaders, rabbis and cantors and educators. Together with them in recent years, we have hundreds of Israelis from all ages. 
that decide to be lay leaders of new reform congregations. Israelis that have no reform background. They grew up in secular families, in light traditional families, but they identify us today as the best tool in order to protect and to guard the values of the state of Israel. In the last seven years, we doubled the number of reform congregations in Israel. We moved from having 21, 22 congregations to having 50 congregations today across the country. In the next decade, we will build 30 more new reform congregations. We will reach the situation that in every and each Israeli, Hebrew-speaking Jewish city and town, there will be at least one tabernacle of reform and progressive Judaism. What we need in order to achieve it? We need this communal effort to do this work together. We need this understanding that if we are serious about guarding the values of the state of Israel, the beating out of the Jewish people, it should be about a joint effort presented by many, many Israelis and devoted reformed Jews around the world. The state of Israel was not built only by Israelis or Jews who lived in Palestine before 1948. If you know the history of Zionism and if you know the history of the state of Israel, you know that the state of Israel could not have been established without the real and deep efforts of Jews around the world. I'm here standing in front, of, in front of you tonight in order to tell you that if we identify seriously the need to guard and to protect the moral, spiritual, ideolog ideological well-being of the state of Israel, once again, we need a joint effort presented by Israelis and they are there today and the efforts of reformed Jews around the world and mainly in North America. Dear friend, Sarah talked about the women of the world. And I know that your congregation is supporting the effort of this brave group or this group of brave women to present the Israeli audience with the concept of egalitarian Judaism and the role of women in our Jewish life. We have all the rights to be angry at what is happening today in Israel vis-a-vis -vis the Israeli government in the Orthodox monopoly. But please, keep in mind that the reason the ultra-Orthodox establishment in Israel is so disturbed with the goals of the women of the world and the Israeli reform movement, the only reason is because they know we have a great potential to inspire millions of Israelis. The controversy over the wall should be seen as a moment of tension and a moment that calls for us to be very strong in the way we communicate with the Israeli government.
But please, at the same time, remember that the controversy over the wall and other issues also stands as a proof that there are millions of Israelis out there that are waiting for all of us to inspire them. This morning, we welcome the new Hebrew month, the month of Adar. And uh, the Mishnah and the Talmud are telling us that this is the Hebrew month of happiness and joy. We read in the Mishnah, when you welcome the month of Adar, you need to increase your joy. Some Hasidic teachers are asking how you can uh, commend the person to have joy and happiness. This is a spontaneous feeling. And they answer that this Talmudic statement of you should increase the joy tells us that we need to work out in order to create more reasons to be joyful. We have a very important role to increase dramatically the number of reasons to be joyful in what is happening today in Israel, to take pride in what is happening today in Israel. And I'm here in order to suggest to you that the story of Reform Judaism in Israel is becoming to be a reason for great pride and great joy. Shabbat Shalom.